that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And welcome to the Milfi and Prezzo Show. I'm your host, Coach Luke. And I am Milfi. And today we have our regular EMP psychologist, Dorian. Hi guys, big man. great to be back. Thank you so much for inviting me back to have a chat today. Looking forward to it. Pleasure, mate. It's been a while since we've had you on. Oh, mate, it's been crazy times for everyone. So, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing how you guys are coping with uh, all the stuff going on, how you're helping your clients. This is definitely one of those times where we've all got to dig and give out more and just make sure the people around us are well supported. Um, so looking forward to how, how you guys are doing what you're doing. And if you've got any questions around, you know, coping a bit better with the mental health stuff with the coronavirus, the COVID-19, I'd be happy to throw some suggestions out. Yeah. Whatever's helpful. Let's yeah. go through it. How have you been, mate? What's the last, what, six months? Oh. The podcast before that, probably? Yeah, look, to, to be honest, um, go, going, going well, like... Um, you know, the, the business is going well. I'm helping lots of people. Before the coronavirus hit, I was, you know, experiencing, you know, a, a really good growth with clients coming in awesome. and helping lots of people. Training was going well. So I'd say, you know, the irony of all this is before the COVID-19 hit, I was actually on a bit of an upward trajectory and just feeling generally good about things. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still doing okay, but, yeah. you know, it was definitely, definitely uh, a good a good personal growth time for me. Um, so the, the last six months have been good, guys. Yeah, thanks for asking. Do you... Um, do you do much group stuff or is all your stuff basically one-on-one? Look, I, I've chosen to do one-on-one. I've had a lot of experience doing groups in the past and, and also I've had a lot of experience doing relationship and couples counselling. I've just found that for my particular sort of work balance, um, I like to focus on one person at a time and I find that's where I'm feeling most, most effective mm. um, and that's just my preference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I've, I've had a lot of experience with groups and, and also with, with couples and relationships as well. Yeah, yeah. But I'd, I choose not to do that now just because um, my preference is to just go one-on-one. I like to build those strong sort of one-on-one face-to-face relationships. Yeah, a bit more intimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah and just have a little bit more time and I can be fully focused on one person and their needs. And for me, that just feels professionally the right niche for me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm. How, um, awesome. how, I mean, there's been a lot of changes for you guys, both good and also just sort of toughing some stuff out. Yeah, yeah well, let's, you guys let's, uh, let's start with the good, shall we? Which we obviously touched on in our last episode, but obviously, uh, owners of our new EMP headquarters, EMP, EMP performance, which is I've quite heard exciting. I've heard it sensational, gentlemen. Talk well, me through it, mate. It will be sensational, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it big moment. Um, but yeah, look, that was exciting. We were riding a bit of a high. There, well, obviously, yeah. when um, we got the keys and yeah. moved in there, and started. and that's such a courageous decision. Like you know, I'm a, I'm a one one person small business owner. You know, nothing like the logistics that you guys face. Um, and you know, it is it takes a lot of courage. Oh, to exact just, same. To exact hang, same. Hang your name <coughs> out and, and have a go on your own. You guys have been so courageous. Like, and you and you've been talking about this for a while. And just the fact that you took big steps, I was so proud of you guys. It was awesome. Great effort. Yeah. Thanks, no, thanks mate. Like I said, it's something we've always wanted to make happen it was just a matter of i guess the right time the right place and the right opportunity really yeah. that's and that sort of is why we jumped at it because it was wasn't it the right yeah, opportunity mate, for us so the right opportunity in terms of like there's always a risk in a business but um especially with this place the opportunity we had thought we just had had to give it a go and just jump in yeah. um obviously couldn't have happened it's for us two two ways you can look at it it's a funny situation at yeah. the moment but i yeah. think would actually be even more probably screwed if we hadn't made the decision to open the business. And even in the um, in the in the long term, where I was at a big box gym and they're gonna be heavily affected I think for the future. And you know, small boutique gyms are probably gonna be the place where people are look to um, in terms of training and stuff. So Well you, you guys are hitting that sweet spot, aren't you, where you could offer um, really personalised service, uh, but you can offer a full range of services here. 
So yeah. you can be adaptable, flexible. Yeah. You know, you can offer such a huge spectrum to what your clients need. Definitely. Of course, of course. You know, we're, we'll be known as more that premium small group. Yeah. 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 That's what we're going to be known as. So. And can, can I just say, mate, I'm, I'm loving the social media posts you guys are making. Like, you're lifting strong. You're keeping me motivated. It's great to see you guys are training hard. Like, you're not letting anything else going on stop you. 100%. And keep, please keep doing that because it's having a positive effect. I'm, I'm enjoying seeing the updates, so please keep those coming. Well, I think that's important well, for everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even, regardless of who you are, just to keep Have doing gig. something. You know, otherwise, and we'll get into that, but otherwise mentally, you're just going to go fucking oh, insane. Mate, routine <laughs> and momentum and mm. setting small goals, you know, we'll talk a bit about that, but that's crucial. Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. crucial. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and you guys are walking your talk and you're living that. It's good to see. Yeah, and I think we're, we're trying to um, keep our members motivated, the members that we have so far and clients, yeah. um, you know. Daily tasks, daily habits, weekly habits, just little things that's yep. keeping them accountable to themselves. Yep. Um, and then obviously keeping, you know, posting within the group a lot just to keep the motivation yep. levels high. One, of, one of the themes you guys have been um, promoting on the, on the social media, which I'm more inter- interested in hearing about, is the, the theme of accountability, like yep. keeping people um, accountable to their commitments, to their goals, to, to their commitments to you guys. How, how are you tracking accountability? Um, so we have a weekly, a, a daily, sorry, a weekly schedule broken into each day. So each day we have a certain task or a certain habit that all our members um, have to do. Yep. So it could be something simple. Um, I did one. I posted one a couple of weeks ago, which was uh, twenty thousand steps. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I actually failed, and I no word of a lie. I walked. <laughs> I walked fourteen k's that day, oh, and I, thought, and I didn't yeah. even get twenty thousand steps. I did fall laps of the course or <laughs> of the night just to get it. Um, Listen, you guys are amateurs. You know how you get your steps. I know. You, you, you go into the paint section of Bunnings and you ask them to put it in the paint mixing machine. And the vibration makes your Fitbit <laughs> oh, like yeah. about 10,000 <laughs> steps every five minutes. Fuck, mate, I'll take that tip up. But, um, mate, so just simple things like that. Yeah. Every day we have a certain task or habit that we yeah. know we have to post. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it could be movement, it could be nutrition, it could be gratitude. Yeah, you know, writing it. in the group, what are you grateful for today? Just yeah, it's, it's more so just people seeing us put something in the group and you know, sensing a bit of banter as well about anything. So. It's good in that sense. Every, anyone can train. Anyone, you know, obviously we believe the way we train is obviously the best, clearly. Um, but anyone can go out there and do some form of exercise. Yeah. But having someone who is keeping you accountable to doing that and to doing the small little things which add up to big things long term, yes. that's yeah. the important part. Yeah. And, and it's not just about the exercise, is it? It's about maintaining the relationships that are important. You know, like community. Like your clients are, are very appreciative of their relationships with you, you with your clients. You know, one of the things that's been really put under the microscope is how, how we've been sort of disconnected and isolated from our yeah. day-to-day relationships. So keeping that accountability, keeping those relationships is probably doing so much good, more than we probably realise. Oh, just huge, by reflecting mate. on it. Yeah. It's hugely. And that's why I think um, when gyms open back up and, you know, the right gyms will, you know, push forward and, and do really well. So looking forward to that, mate. I'm looking forward to building the community up. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, I had my say on virtual training all that's going on at my yeah. last yeah. last thing. So it's a really time for people to reflect now also like, you know, just gotta do something, don't you really? Just move in some some aspect of, of stuff. But you know, whether you're gonna see massive improvements, I'm not, not too sure in that sense, but you just gotta do what you can do. Look, I can't I can't talk to what your client goals are, but I you know, from, in terms of a coping and a, and a psychological and mental health point of view, I'd be saying to people, you know, if, if we can aim for maintaining just good well-being at the moment, oh, that, that's a massive that's a massive breakthrough in that's terms huge. of success. Um, you know, like, I, I'm not sure, you know, what the goals that you're getting from your clients and what they're asking for. If they can make, you know, personal improvement at this time, that's just fantastic. That's yeah. heroic. If yeah, they can yeah. maintain a sense of well-being, equilibrium, mate, that's fantastic. Or even if it's about just reducing, you know, um, your sort of fitness losses or slowing down the process of that. Like you know, even that's good, but just getting out and doing something, mate. and doing something. You know. It's exactly you know, and I, I like just one little case study. One of my clients, she, she's gone through like a rough month, you know, losing a family member, oh, um, yeah, okay. miscarriage, little like oh, rough month, yeah. but she's just grateful to be able to still train yeah. and to have the support of us yeah, yeah. has kept her going. It's kept her strong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and there's probably many other people out there who've gone through things like this. Um, so obviously being able to still get outdoors, 
do something, yeah. have a coach who's there checking in on you, making sure everything's all right. You know, just those little things. And that and that can honestly really do good, wonders. That's a really good point because you know, in amongst all you know, all the unpredictability and all the changes and the loss and the adjustments here. You know, if we have a big loss in one part of our life or a big change in one part of our life, the other routines we've got in our life sort of help us kind of dilute that a bit or at least get a sense of normalcy or keeps a platform mm. under us. But if we've got all these areas of our life all affected at the same time, it's so distressing oh, and disorienting. So even it's almost fantastic here yeah. that even if there's just one thing that's stable and consistent exactly. and yeah. is still there and present and is giving back, yeah. that can be enough to keep you going. But yeah. I think why everyone's struggling is all of those things we fall back onto when things get tough or we've had a bit of a shock in our life, Yeah, those things, a lot of them aren't there anymore at the moment, just temporarily. Hugely. So how do we reground ourselves? Yeah. New, new, we, can't, we can't go and do you know, catch-ups with friends to get a pat on the back or a bit of support or we can't have our routines like we'd like to the way they are or the certain things that we yeah. do to kind of get back on our equilibrium. So no wonder everyone's sort of struggling and feeling a bit lost at the moment. Well, I mean, health and fitness is such a big anchor of people's lives, you know. It's very, I don't know, when people have lost it now, it's like, fuck, what do you do? So many people have reached out and gone like, where, where, where can I train? What can I do? It's, you can't do much, mate. Like this is what there's so many people that depend on health and fitness. Yeah. Like if we weren't training, I'd be, I'd be fucked. Like be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, if someone like me, like that's this is my life. You know, this actually really is my life. You know, um, and also, but another aspect too, what's happened now? I guess people used to go to the pub all the time and get pissed to go out, some time to reflect and try and maybe even try and think about like. Think of something else to do. Yeah, in saying that, though, I have noticed the stats of drinking has gone up dramatically. Mate, Australia sadly is almost leading the world on the stats. On that, Apparently, yeah. there's been an eighty percent increase in alcohol I have saw that the other day. Sales. Alcohol yeah. consumption's gone through the roof. Well, because well, because everyone's at home now. Yeah, obviously. yeah. So, um, and the, yeah, there's information coming in that people are drinking a little. Some people are drinking a little bit more at home. Yeah. And there's you know more recreational drug use and other sorts of poor coping behaviours. But, um, yeah, yeah. It's, hard, it's going to be hard to work out exactly what's happening with that. But but I think you're right, Mel, that there, there is the opportunity to use this time to reflect and to kind of reground yourself yep. with your longer-term life goals and that sort of thing. But also I think people are still trying to get through this period of disorientation and, and distress and just trying to cope. No, we've got to get used to it, don't we, really? The way things are looking. Yeah. Well, I think little things like social distancing are going to be in for a while now. Like just, you know... Even if we go back to some normality, I think keeping that one and a half metres and little things like that, I think they're just... Until there's an actual vaccine, yeah, I yeah. think we're going to still have to be living... The, and the thing is, we just we just don't know. You know, I think the social distancing will be here for a little while or some versions of it. Yeah, yeah. But, but looking forward, we still don't know what are going to be the new norms. You know, are we going to go back to shaking hands? Like, I've, I've spoken to a few clients that miss that incidental touching, you know, like it's an, it's you know, you especially do. you know, the, there's not many opportunities at the moment for us to have touch or to connect with other people or sh- even shaking hands. You know the rituals yeah. that even though it's a small touch, it still says one human is recognizing yeah. and yeah. touching another. Yeah. And so when you take that away, people are feeling very yeah. isolated. Oh, mate, I think people would want. I think people are over it. To be honest, most people are probably over it and going like. I think because we're in Australia, we've had 71 deaths or 72 deaths. It just seems like a lot's happened for 72 deaths. And people's argument is, oh, if we didn't do this, like, it would have been a whole lot more. But, look, I'm going to be honest. Mate, we went to Manly today. There's no, it's, it's, there's people. Packed, it's, packed it's, it's still out. People are still out. And I think it's built more like, so people are still out doing their thing. Yeah. This hasn't been a lockdown. Yeah, and that's my opinion on, on something. It hasn't been a full lockdown. Obviously, we're very lucky it hasn't gone bad, but you know, I think people are, people aren't as scared. I think they're not as fearful as um, as they probably either should be or do not want to be fearful. The and the difficulty is, you know, as as disruptive as it is, and I'm you know I, I can't say whether the government's made good choices, bad choices, or whatever, but. You know, from stuff I've heard from people who deal with, you know, outbreaks and, and, and virus outbreaks and that sort of thing, their kind of commentary is if you get if you get through it or you get to a part a point within the cycle of it where you're saying maybe we massively overreacted, oh, yeah, then course. you've actually probably hit the right point where yeah, you needed yeah, to be. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. 
So look, I, I agree. It seems like you know a, a very huge price to pay for what seems like you know a, a small loss of life with respect to those families. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'll never know what might have happened if we did. And that's yeah, that's yeah. very true. That's and, and people are out exercising and about, and that's that's great. And and maybe that's not exactly the best social distancing. But what you don't have is lots of people in an enclosed space sharing the same air, you know, and transferring. Yeah. You know the virus or increasing the virus load exposure and that yeah. sort of thing and so look if if the lockdown as they did it wasn't starting to work then it would have gone harder and then we would have been actually yeah. not allowed to leave yeah. buildings or they could have gone you know wuhan style and welded us into yeah. accommodation and yeah. you know like it could have gone really really serious yeah um, and, and the other issue is you know like in in you know again i'm certainly no expert in this but just just from from what we're hearing that this is also a really risky time when you start to relax the the isolation then you can get a second wave of the virus or a third wave and and in the past sometimes the the second outbreak has actually been um, but has there actually been a second outbreak i don't think there's not ever for been this, not for they're us. talking for the spanish flu was Singapore, the main one. 1920 but yeah. 1920 I think that like you know what I mean, like nineteen twenty. That's the thing with the Spanish flu. It was nineteen twenty. Like, it's so hard to take. You know, Sweden. They've done the complete opposite to Australia and all countries. They've said, mate, everyone needs to get it, get over it, and it's done. They've had ten thousand deaths. They they said sixty thousand of the people have got to get it, and then it'll be all be done. That's a lot of deaths. Ten thousand. It's a lot of deaths. Well, mate, compared to America and stuff, mate. I know, but they're not as big as America. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. I think what they're worried about is. Obviously, Singapore, Singapore got the second wave, but then they got people who, like groups of 20, who in shipping containers doing work. That's yeah, why yeah, they got okay. it. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't, obviously, we're nowhere near what Singapore is in terms of relation to that. But I think what they are worried about um, is coming into influenza season. More just from a hospital bed perspective, yeah, no, coming like from a nurse's perspective, on. it's more just influenza and then COVID. Right, yeah. so if you've all of a sudden got two issues come into the hospital, the hospital's going to be fucked. Yeah. Right, so they, like, they are yeah. coping with it at the moment, hospitals, but that's, I think that's what they're, what they're worried about is if they start to ease it and we do get that spike and then people are like, because influenza, influenza kills so many more people than what COVID has. Like on a year, year to year thing. Of course, it does. It's Mate, massive, but I'm not not going to affect this. And we saw I spoke this before off off air, and it's something that people always say, um, but like the government never addresses the the topic. Like, how many people have lost their businesses recently to you know abusive families at home, um, people committing suicide, you know the mental health. It's it's just going to affect more than seventy two people. It's it's got a way bigger, and I just want to address that and, and that thing. Like, and they've got to come out and address it somehow and say because it, it really does, mate. Even if, mate, how many people commit suicide every day? I couldn't mate, give you the stats. On that, but it's, it's pretty high. Oh, there's, yeah, there's definitely successful suicides daily. I'd, I'd have to check the data on that. Well, yeah. I feel it's around 20, 25, 30. That would be high, I think, but I don't know. I'd have, to be yeah. honest, I wish I could tell you off the top of my head. Yeah. I'd have to check it. Yeah. So, mate, yeah. just perspective like that. There's, and the, and this is where though, like, we can talk about the pros and cons, but ultimately, at the end of the day, the the government is making decisions based on a whole lot of factors. I'm not yeah. saying I support one decision. Oh no, another, definitely not. But they've got access to some pretty smart people, and they're not just talking about. You know, virus and numbers, but they're also talking to people who especially have a specialisation in ethics and decision making yeah. and less worse scenarios. And, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we would hope the government's making decisions on what is the greater good for the society. Oh, definitely. But that's also a flexible interpretation. I, I guess what we have to kind of keep bringing ourselves back to is, even though we're not we're not having a direct say in the decisions, we still have to try and work around as best we can the decisions that are made. Of course, that's why, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's okay to have, yeah, opinions on all of this and there's no right one right solution. No, exactly. And, and everyone's got their own opinion. You know, that's, yeah. Not, yeah. So. How, um, how, how, are you, how do you guys feel you're holding up generally with the current sort of lockdown and isolation environment and how are, you, how are your clients saying that they're coping at the moment generally? Uh, look, I haven't had too much negative feedback, more the fact that people are just sort of 
getting, over being getting frustrated at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably yeah. the only really thing that most of my clients have been saying. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're they're kind of lucky they're still able to train with myself and obviously Mel as well. Um, yeah. I think we're hitting hitting a bit of a, a, a different phase now with this, aren't we? It's a sense of yeah. We're, we're, Maybe the perceived threat of this is possibly the, our perception that the threat's reduced a bit. We're still being, you know, impacted on by our routines being disrupted, our relationships being disrupted, our livelihood being disrupted, all of those things. And so there's a sense of, you know, it's almost taking a leap of faith or trust that the right decisions are being made and we've just got to kind of toe the Come line. Exactly, but, yeah. You know, there's a good reason that the government was reluctant to just snapshot straight into a lockdown because they know that within about sort of four weeks to six weeks, People start to push back against the isolation and the lockdown, um, you know, and that's just that's just sort of human nature. And um, so I think people are feeling a bit antsy, a bit a bit frustrated. Some people are mm. starting to feel a, a bit of a loss of hope or, or even a bit of depression at the moment because mm. they can't see a clear end in sight. Um, and so a lot of these unknowns are affecting people in different ways, um, yeah. you know, and that's what that's all really normal. And that's why it's really important to look at. Okay, we may not be able to control the exact time that the lockdown comes out we may not have a clear understanding of what the new sort of social rules are going to be in the short term and that's why it's really important to focus on what you can control which is your own day-to-day routine and your week-to-week routine and even if it sounds really simple having a routine and making sure that you're setting up different phases of the day and you guys throw in anything that you think is helpful to you is really important it's important to get up and get out of your pajamas you know because I talk to clients that are still you know working from home or doing stuff and they just don't bother getting out of their pajamas yeah, yeah. that starts to affect you so you know you've got to get up and do your grooming you've got to get into your clothes if you're working from home get into your work clothes you know mm. make sure you have your breaks your tea breaks your lunch break whatever at the end of your work they get out of your work clothes put on your casual clothes or if you're going to go exercising you know get your exercise gear on so the idea is to chunk your day or put blocks in your day that really clearly define the different phases of the day and so even though it sounds really simple you're still feeling like you're fitting routine structure and and different aspects of yourself and and the person you are into different parts of the day and try and mix your days up as well you know you you don't you don't want to be getting up and at 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock on the you know in the morning go i can't even remember what day of the week this is you know so have different routines for different days and have a routine throughout the day and it might feel a bit frustrating but we need we need the routine i 100 percent agree and um this is one thing i was telling big mel over here like i since speaking to a mate who told me to start doing this being a game changer has helped a lot but using just google calendar Um, and just every day I have you know certain blocks where okay um, this is my block where I'm training or this is my block where I'm doing computer work around my clients you know this is my block where I've got my own free time I might go for a walk whatever it may be but um, starting to sort of implement that into my routine has helped a lot Um, you know and some days are better than others but just having that there to sort of look back on like oh okay this is what I programmed in to do it does keep you accountable as well to a certain extent so, um, if, so if you actually, someone asked you, you know, what did you do today or how did you structure your day yeah, yeah. Or, or what things did you do throughout the day, you can actually run off a list of four or five things and it feels like a good day. Of course. Yeah, you know, and most days we'll sort of, you know, for us, like we've been in this habit now where we've been going down, we've been going for a walk. You know, we take an hour out of the day, we go for a walk, we come back. Yeah. You know, in between clients or whatever it may be. And that's that's been, you know, really yeah. good for us what, mentally, obviously. What, what about you, Big Mel? Have you, have you been able to focus on a routine and, and take, <coughs> ch- chunking the day? May I'm nowhere near like Luke, and that's probably my detriment. Um, but for the last, say, three weeks, I have been following um, five-day tasks which I do. Um, I'm very, I've been saying this, I'm actually all, I actually probably could be the most disciplined person where I won't, won't break at all. Yeah. And or I'm very undisciplined. So, in terms of like, I'm not, I can be very disciplined, but I'm not unorganized. So, it's hard to, it's, they're very different things. Like I can say, I'm gonna do some things, I'll do them, you know? But then organization, like having a calendar, yep. which makes my life probably a lot easier, I don't do it, which I should do, you know? But um, yeah, I've got my own routine at the moment. I get, well, for nutrition, working out, yep. water, hydration. Yep. Are you mixing your days up? Like, are you no, every okay. day. Every day is the same thing for the okay. time being. I run better on structure. I yeah. find like not. So you like, like a metronome. You like you like it to be similar. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy. I'm happy. Happy eating beef mince and rice. And that's awesome. If that that's works great. for you, that's yeah. fantastic. Because I look at the end, the end goal. Yeah. 
I look at, for me, I look like if I want to achieve, you know, become the best version I can be, or physically, mentally, emotionally, I think about the daily things I have to do, and those things, monotonous things, it seems easy for me. I think, you know? and I think that's important, like yeah. I'm the same, I think that's important for everyone. Yeah. Like, I th- rather yeah. than mixing it up too much, yeah, you yeah. kind of get messy and you can kind of lose track of it all. I yeah. think if you know that every day this is what you have to do, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Then long-term results, yep. you're going to yield more. So I, I think that actually accurately reflects how how you guys were doing things before COVID nineteen. Anyway, like you know, yes, there was more vari- variation, I guess, but yep. there, were, there were always boxes you guys had to tick, and that's why you're good. At what well, you're doing. I had to do it purely for this now. But if I didn't have this, yeah. I'd be even more fucked. To be honest, I've got more time on my hands, yeah. more time to not to do anything. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, I've got these five-day tasks every single day. Okay. Even going for a walk for an hour takes up an hour and a half, maybe. Something I've got to do yeah. in between clients and stuff like that. So, um, And you feel good when you do five things every day which you're supposed to be doing. Yep. You feel successful. You know, yeah. You're doing the right thing. So I think just continue those daily tasks. Till and that's a good point. Like You've got to work with what feels like a good routine for you. So yep. if, if, if having a similar routine is good, some people need the variation. Um, it's just important to somehow draw lines in the day between different phases of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, of course. Yeah, and that can be different activities, wearing different clothes. You know, diff- just wearing undies and all. Yeah, yeah wearing, wearing underpants. Are you wearing yours today? Um, I'm wearing yours today, mate. You <laughs> left it at my place. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, I was, was, was going <laughs> to say something. But I before, before COVID. Before COVID. Yeah. Before COVID. <laughs> hey, you still have Crips at two. Oh, yeah. Oh, what are you saying? Oh, he's a big man with do all the muscles do on. Do big meal. It'd be called a group gathering. It would be. Do it at home. Um, what about you, Dodds? How are you travelling with all this in terms of your patients and so forth? Yeah, look, I, I guess, I guess I, you know, I was concerned at first what the impacts would be for my clients and how I would continue to be able to support them. There was a lot of unknowns in terms of what services we were going to be allowed to provide because yep. you know when we were told it was a shutdown, we were thinking like really quickly. A lot of the psychologists were saying, okay, we, you know, we've got to quickly work out how do we provide video and phone sessions even though Medicare wasn't allowing that at the time. And so there was a lot of confusion for us. What, what we found was that, you know, and all credit to the government, who's not perfect, they responded very quickly. And so I think within about two or three weeks of there being a bit of confusion, they you know, allowed us to provide video and phone services to clients so, and so that they could also get a, the Medicare rebate. Um, the, the other thing we were concerned about is clients either having reduced work or losing their work or their access to funds yeah. to pay for the yeah. counselling. And so what we found is a lot of the psychologists, um, you know, are, are just trying to give as much as possible in terms of flexible fees, bulk billing if necessary, um, you know, doing tele, you know video conferencing and that sort of thing. I I, um, I went through a period of adjustment where I was thinking, okay, I'm not sure what my business is going to look like in terms of how I can provide services to my clients. Yeah. Um, it seemed, and I'm lucky though, it seems to have settled down where. You know, I'm doing a mix of face-to-face um, for clients where it's appropriate, but also phone and, and doing a lot yeah. of video sessions. I'm also fortunate in terms of routine that I do, I am allowed to go and provide those services in my office because I'm just one person and having one client. So I'm yeah. allowed, yep. a two-person rule still okay. Yep. Um, and just following all the yep. all the guidelines around disinfecting and touch points and that sort of thing. And I'm sitting further away from the clients, you know. So I'm fortunate that I've got the routine that I've got an office that I can go from the home to the office yeah. and I've got a different different clients coming in each day and so I still have this sense of each day being different and I've got clients and then paperwork and then follow up and so I've got a sense of a routine there. The biggest hit I took was probably, um, you know, just with my daily exercise routine. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there's been more. Look, to be honest, you know, I've got my little cavoodle Ruby that, you, you know, you guys know about. Mate, R- Ruby's living her best life. She's getting, you know, two walks a day. Yeah. Um, she's either, you know, um, coming into the office with me or whatever. And so the exercise was the big cha- was yeah. the big challenge for me as well as just getting into a yeah. new normal. Um, but also, you know, the, some of the benefits, if we want to stay positive, is, you know, the dog's having a great life and, yeah. um, you know, I'm getting outside more, you know, outside of the gym and getting more sun and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. So long, long answer short, it was disorienting at first like it was for everyone. Yeah. I was very fortunate that, the, you know, the counselling is an essential service and we managed to find a way very quickly as a profession to yeah. be able to 
you know, keep meeting the needs. There's a huge, huge need still out there. We're still trying to connect with everyone that needs yeah. it. Um, and I think that, that, that we're going to find a lot of leak, like a lot of people coming in for support after. as this continues to go and after yeah. and, and that sort of thing. So I think we're still just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Do you think um, the government will come out with more subsidies for people who want to see pe- like people like you that have lost their jobs and need to be a professional? Mate, at the, at the moment, look, the government, you know, it, it's... That's a, that's a great question. At the moment, I would say anybody that needs counselling... Um, is getting support from the government to get counselling. Yeah. Um, you know, and in terms of governments said Medicare is available for all types of counselling now, face to face, telehealth, phone phone calls, all that sort of stuff. The difficulty is finding the right psychologist and the availability yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. But because they've opened up telehealth now to psychologists, that means anybody on the northern beaches can look up any psychologist anywhere in Australia and they can actually do a video session with them and Medicare will cover it. They've just got to check with the psychologist that they need to charge a gap fee over yep. the top okay. of their pocket. So look, all I'm saying is, can the government do more for mental health? Well, probably, but there's so many other people that need so many other things. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of what they've been able to do with well. the current system, they've opened up the flexibility and they've really encouraged people to try don't and well. get, get the counselling. So is it ideal? No but they treated it as a very high priority. And so, you know, I'd, I'd have to say with the way the government works and all the other really serious life-threatening stuff going on... Yeah, they well. Um, they, they responded, you know, with flexibility... Pretty fast as well. Pretty quickly, yeah. yeah. Within sort of two, three weeks, yeah. we ended up having a workable system. It just makes yeah. you think when we wait years and months for things to happen, they've managed to do so many things in the space of a couple of weeks. Yeah, Isn't but it amazing? Yeah, but, mate, they're... A lot of the decisions that are being made quickly, um, which are fantastic, haven't gone through. Or they'll go through, and you know it's extraordinary times. But there's always consequences to that, you know. So yeah. like they're thro- they're throwing billions of dollars, oh. hundreds of billions of dollars at, pro- at the problem, which we're going to have to end up. We'll have of. to pay back later. That's right. So yeah, yeah. Taxes are going to go up eventually. But yeah, and so some of the government services might be <laughs> might, might be wound back a little bit. Yeah, taxes yeah. might go up a little bit. Yeah. Um, Look, I'd rather that and know that we've got a government that actually cares about us and makes decisions. And I'm, I'm not promoting the government one way or another. Yeah. But I'm saying, you know, all throughout this, what I've seen is a government that's doing their best to try and actually look after us. Yeah. Whereas you look around some of the other countries and you wonder you wonder what they're doing or where their interest lies or yeah. whether they're trying to support it. Yeah. But in terms of mental health, mate, look, it's been stressful and disorienting for the psychologist. And don't forget, like, you know, again, this is everybody's suffering... The psychologists themselves that I was speaking to were all also affected by this. It was a very uncertain time, and so yeah, they were dealing with uncertainty within their own families, their own relationships, their own environments. Um, and to also have the the, count, the psychology um, profession and the services we could provide in flux, it was a difficult time, but where everyone's sort of trying to reground and do the things, keep yeah. the routine, keep yeah. their well-being up. All I'd say is, you know, the, the there is definitely counselling available. Yeah. Um, you know, you can still ring Lifeline for free. You can get more information on, you know, Beyond Blue, Black Dog, the Australian Psychological Society website. You can still go and see your GP to get a referral for counselling. The support is out there. You've just got to reach out. Yeah. You've just got to let someone know that you need help and there's avenues to get it. And do you see now with the telephone and Zoom... Yeah. Um, it's going to push your business for a different direction. Now you have the ability to reach more people to mate, say someone out yeah. west, or mate, that's a great question. You know? um, it 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 when you know it's definitely giving the opportunity to help more people in a wider geographical area. Um, look, my my preference is probably to still you know continue to encourage clients to come in face to face where possible, and clients are saying that that's sort of more, more satisfying for them. But the phones and the Zoom stuff, I'm having great success with clients. So I would say I'm still assessing that, but I'm definitely, you know, I've, put, I've made it really clear on my, you know, Facebook page, my website, my other social media, you know, for, for Doreen Richards, consultant yeah. psychologist, um, that I'm offering that flexibility, yeah. you know, because I, I do have, I've got clients that had to self-isolate or I've got clients yeah. um, that for whatever reason were stuck in areas that, wasn't their usual area and weren't able to travel and that sort of thing and mate, the video conferencing through Zoom etc worked really well. Yeah. So the, the 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 short answer is yes. I just haven't quite worked out how much of a percentage of my clients are going to move into that sort of sphere. Um, but it's it's really good that I can offer that now. Yeah. It, it means that it's dropped. It's reduced the barriers. 
you know, or minimise the barriers to yeah. people being able to reach out and get some yeah. help. And in terms of patients, what what are you seeing most? Is it more just like depression in terms of losing the jobs, or do you have any like domestic violence? That's a touchy subject, but yeah. do you have any domestic well, to, violence? To, to be honest, just assume that all the problems that people were having still exist. Yeah, yeah. Only it was in it, what what's happened is that either a new problem has has been thrown over the top of the old problems. Or, or the existing problems have become that much more difficult because of the loss of the support networks, the routines, the structure, the other things that were being used to cope. Yeah. Okay, so what you've got is almost like, um, you know, so it's, I know it's a difficult answer. What I'm saying is all the same things that were coming, all the same issues for clients of course, are yeah. still there, yeah. but they've had additional stresses, yep. you know, that have been thrown in through the loss of work or um, being isolated at home with, with family, um, you know, changes to their health and well-being routines, and, and just yeah. and, and the anxiety, you know, and and the grief and loss that we're all experiencing. So, look, no specific issue other okay. than other than, you know, people are generally mentioning their kind of overall sort of anxiety and concerns, you know, with the global pandemic, yep. as well as needing to still deal with, you know, the the day-to-day stuff that's causing difficulties. Yeah. Um, so I would say all the same problems are still there. They've just been kind of added to a bit with stresses and strains. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. So nothing in particular, but, um, you know, probably what was most immediately disruptive was people losing work and also having to self-isolate. Yeah. yeah um, or yeah. having, like, re- also clients who were doing it really tough had family, um, you know, that they're... Um, you know that they're second, third generation Australians, and they had family. You know, back in the old country, so to yeah. speak. We said with respect, or back yep. in their traditional, um, you know, countries of origin and that sort of thing, where they were either ha- had less access to, to medical help or more more um, strict lockdowns, or there was less infrastructure to cope, and so they were very concerned about loved ones overseas or, or even family that were stuck overseas on lockdowns and yeah. travel embargoes and all that sort of thing. So it, it's been very complex for a lot of clients. It's, it's actually been very, very stressful at times. Yeah, mate. I can imagine. Um, it's like you were saying the other day about Lebanon. Oh, mate, they've been locked down for months and months. Months and months have been locked down for. So, Is that since you visited? Oh, since what did you do, After, after, every, after everything. everything. <laughs> as soon as he left. <laughs> Mate, big, big night. This guy will lock in the country. Fucking, <laughs> they pretty much did do that, actually. <laughs> you know, the week after I left, they pretty much said, like, uh, they're trying to throw the government out. Oh, again, I remember seeing again, that on Facebook. Six months, still gone. On. Yeah, yeah okay. six months. So for them now in Lebanon, for example, there's no ATM, there's no cash out. They've had to close, they're not allowed to get money out. There's COVID 9. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Resilient people, yeah, it's mate. Rough. Rough, eh? But, um, yeah. Are you got any tips? You you know say there's someone who is listening yeah, right look, now who has lost their job. Yeah. Apart from uh, the routine side of things, is look, there any look, other tips you'd give them? Yeah. Look, first of all, I'd say that there's so much information out there, both good and bad, and I'd say that there's helpful sources of information and probably unhelpful. Um, I would say, look, one of the one of the top tips I'd say is. Educate, you know, educate yourself in terms of the mental health, and so go to really trusted sites like the Black mm-hmm. Dog, yep. um, like uh, Beyond Blue, you know, like the Australian Psychological Society. A lot of them have put out fantastic fact sheets, and they've got really easy to access information, yep. and 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 it's really good, simple, helpful stuff about how to manage the anxiety with the coronavirus, um, how to make home isolation, you know, more manageable. Um, you know how to increase you and improve your resilience and so really yeah. practical day-to-day things that help Mate, the other thing I'd say is that um, I'm hearing from a lot of clients that the social media and the news is actually becoming very distressing and even a little yeah. bit traumatic yeah um, I would say to people it's really really important at the moment to really significantly limit your exposure to the news yep. I'm not saying don't check in but don't check you know, every hour, four different news types, whatever. Um, you know, and and also just just keep keep a rein on the social media. It, you yeah. know, by all means, stay informed, but also don't keep like you know checking the news all the time because it just makes you feel more anxious. Much. And of course, you know that every time you go and check it, there's going to be more numbers, more it's increases, like more stupid. this, more that. Um, <laughs> and so just really keep a lid on it. Or even if you, if you want, if you've got someone who's checking the news, just say, just tell me what I need to know if yep. it's important or anything. 
um, that's relevant or just look at your local news like on ABC News you can just look at news that's local to New South Wales or stuff like that not saying don't be informed but we're so saturated with um, stories that uh, are very distressing and, can, and quite traumatic yeah. um, that just wears us down and it puts us on edge 100% yeah, yeah. no I totally agree um, with that so that's really important as well um, look I think just in in, in terms of um, in terms of the, in terms of resilience for people I think it's really important to acknowledge that you know, yes, this is affecting everyone, but the the effect, the, the the coronavirus is impacting in a way that's something that we haven't really, as as a global sort of, you know, civilization and species in our lifetime really had to deal with, and it's it's quite unique in its characteristics, and so it leaves us feeling very unsettled and very anxious because it's very hard to clearly identify what the threat is only that we know that there's a risk or there's something to be worried about, but it's really hard to work out exactly how we protect ourselves or mm. what the, you know, because it can be everything from, oh, it's like the common cold through to it actually being fatal. And, you know, we're, we're trying to deal with a threat that can't actually be seen. Someone might have it, not have it. Do I wash my hands? Do I wear a mask? And so it's there's so many unknowns. And in, in an environment where we're already feeling anxious, not being able to clearly understand, you know, what we need to do and what the actual impacts are gonna be make us more anxious. It's like a threat that we just can't quite identify, but yeah. we just know it's there and we know it's real. Um, so it's important to just acknowledge sort of what we know, and that is, you know, that, you know, without without in any way diminishing the experiences of families that have lost people or who have been extremely ill, you know, with increased testing, it's suggesting that, you know... 8,000 a day now. Okay, fantastic. A day. The, and only, what, five cases? So was they're doing 8,000 a day testing. You can just, yeah. 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 So we need to look realistically at... You know what, what's what's really the likelihood of there being catastrophe, and we can mitigate the risks, but yep. you know um, we, we've got to just be sort of very real about. I think the biggest issue, if the government said, "Hey, nothing's going back normal to August," I think everyone will sort of digest that and go, "Yeah, perfect." Not having a time frame doesn't. they not having a time. They'd rather say August, and that's yeah. it. So and what happens if we hit August and they're still not able to loosen things up? Well, you've got yeah. to be got to be careful. I'd say minimal. I'd say minimal August. So if you yeah. say something, just give them a, like some, a something, just because everyone goes. This is where they're going month by month, because people can kind of say, okay, mate, I could tough it out another few weeks or another month. But if they said, look, in all honesty, nothing's going back to normal until there's a vaccine, and that could take two years. What how people react then? Yeah, I just... Go yeah. really careful with the message. Oh, that would be hard. Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. And the reality is we don't know. No. Um, so and do you think people would take a vaccine? I'm just... This is off the cuff. Do you think people would really take a vaccine? Look, I, I, that's a difficult statement. I would suggest... I would suggest that most people would be inclined to take the vaccine. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you're Especially going to have anti-vaxxers if, still out there, but I think... Absolutely, yeah. I think, if, yeah, it's a hard one because if to get back to some form of regularity... Tough, it's a tough question because I mean, even Novak Djokovic of all people has come out and said because they were the ATP have said they want all the tennis players to have a, the vac- a vaccine yeah. um, in order to basically Both. travel, and yeah. even he's come out and because I think he's vegan or something, but he's come out and said that he he's not really he's a sort of opposed to the idea of having a vaccine. Yeah. So it's you're going to have your people out there who are going to refuse to to have the vaccine. Look, I, I would say we probably won't know how. I would say the majority of people would probably be interested in that we won't know until I don't know if the economy can stand for two years like this there's no chance it, I, it would never no, go no, for that no, 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 no. no. we're just saying worst, like worst case scenario well they, they've come out and said at least 18 months for vaccine minimal yeah. 18 months yep but that doesn't mean they can't so what, what, what that they can't. The, again look you know, I'm not an expert on this but remember the whole process of this was to actually reduce the rate and numbers of which people had this at the same time all of this was about making sure that the hospitals didn't get overrun. Yeah, that's the main no, thing. No yeah. one's saying that you know we're not all going to possibly be exposed to it at some point, or we're not going to be unwell at some point. Yeah. Um, and it's suggesting that most people are getting it and not you know not even having symptoms or very mild symptoms. The whole thing was to make sure we didn't all get it at the same yeah. time yeah. and yeah. overwhelm yeah. The, yeah. the hospital system. And as you guys probably know as well, because then you get people that don't not don't have coronavirus; they've just got simple problems that become fatal if they can't get to the hospital exactly right because if the hospital's full of people with COVID-19 yeah you get an infection and you can't get seen or you break a leg and you can't get that fixed or you have a heart attack and they can't get you in there because there's no beds available it's kind of funny like because my missus is obviously a nurse 
and she's sort of come back to him and sort of saying that hospitals have had, and even hers, has actually been a little bit quieter because you're not getting just your, your regular Joe Blows who have some fucking little issue here and there coming to the hospital. Yep. Do you know what I mean? They're almost yeah. like they're too scared to go to the hospital now because they're scared they might get COVID-19. Gotcha. So it's actually almost helped the hospitals in a way. Not, I'm not saying all hospitals. There's going to be some well, which are really bad, but she's at one of the biggest ones in Sydney. So yeah. it's actually helped their hospital in a way because they're not getting just these Well, hospital beds are empty. That's why I've had to reintroduce well, hers, the surgery. Yeah, Most hospital hospitals are empty. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of, it's a funny one, you know, like... But okay, think about, okay, that and that's a difficult situation, but think about the flip side of if it had gone the other oh, way. Yeah, of course. hundred percent, yeah. of course. And then, you know, I, I remember, like, you know, even though I said limited exposure to the news, which I have... Well, the Spanish flu, well. you were around for that, weren't you? 1920? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was tough times. So. You were 34 tough, back then, weren't you? Oh, tough times. Yeah, yeah. Mate, we're still using clay tablets at school, buddy. And mm. uh, But, like, when you started to see the footage coming out of Italy and Spain and... Yeah, and, you know, and London. One of my yeah, yeah. sisters is a nurse over in London. Yeah. Apparently, she's literally sleeping at the hospital. And mate, you're saying to yourself, like, that's it, we can, we cannot let it go like that. Nah, so. nah. But in terms of tips for people, you know, we've talked a bit about routines, which are really important. We've talked about limiting news and social media, really important. We've talked about just, you know, really just getting your head around the fact that this is, you know, if you're feeling unsettled and you can't quite put your finger on what you're feeling, but you're just not feeling quite right. That's how everyone else is feeling. That's the yeah. common experience of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're, we're talking about anxiety that's very untypical or atypical, but we're also talking about grief, which is very uh, like a very um, atypical grief. You know, we're, we're not just, you know, grief is around loss and, and changes. There's been so much change in a short period of time and it's change that we're not used to. Like we might lose a job, but not be isolated at the same time or you know, you might have lost a family, like a member of the family, with all due respect, but then to not be able to have a ritual or a funeral, you know. Yeah. And so we're, we're disconnected from all these processes, routines and support networks and things that help us cope with change. And they've, they've all been changed at the same time. So I think we're coping with sort of grief, loss and change at multiple levels all at the same time. And there's not a pa- we don't have in our kind of living memory or in our culture a what pandemic time? ritual. It's not like... You know, oh, we're on lockdown, and we all know what that looks and feels like. So we'll go into yeah. that ritual as a family, mm. and that helps us cope with it all. I think we're so lucky in Australia too, mate. That we've never had like, like anything like anything drama like this. You know, it's it's. I think we're lucky we're just separated from almost the rest of the world. Oh yeah, but this is the first time that the population on mass has been forced to act, you know, in a way that's against their natural kind of yeah. yeah, And they're being respectful because they've got trust in the government. But when can you remember Australia Never. being told, stay at home, or the not police... In our, are, not in our lifetime. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Never, so is, so to, to actually have that experience of being asked to do and almost in a way forced to do things that are against what you're used to is a very new experience. Yeah. You know, like even things like lining up at the supermarket or, or rationing and stuff. Like the, the, the old school people are going, oh, yeah, sure, we only got one loaf of bread a week per family and all the rest of it. You know, you, you guys, you, you know, it's tough, but you'll be okay. Of course, yeah. But, you know, we're used to such an abundant, rapid choice. I think we're spoiled. We're really spoiled over yeah. here in Australia. And so yeah. I think it's really rattled people yeah. in a big way. Yeah. Um, so so the, the just acknowledging, mate, the... the one of the other tips is just acknowledging that it's a very different type of mental health challenge yeah. and it, it's leaving people unsettled and that's to be expected. Um, and so just saying this is a different experience and it, we're not quite sure how to deal with it, we're not quite sure how we're quite feeling, it's hard to put a name to it, that's what people are experiencing. That's uh, yeah, And that's yep. how feel, it doesn't feel good, but it's okay, that's what everyone's feeling. Yeah, it's not just you. Yep. Um, so in terms of building up a bit of resilience, it's important to just keep the hope up. You know, remind yourself that this is temporary. There is going to be an end to it. We will get back to a new normal and we will get back to having, you know, routines and high-quality lives and socialising. So just reminding ourselves, this is a temporary yeah. temporary thing. And it's also just accept, it's accepting as well what's actually happening. You know, like a lot of people, you know, are having trouble accepting things or they're pushing back against it or they're just angry or they're frustrated. And it's just about accepting what's actually going on. Because once we accept what's going on and say, look, this is the reality of what's happening just now, so then we need to come up with a strategy just to kind of work around it. How do we cope with it? What do we do? You know, that we come back to the routines per day and that's sort of thing. Yeah. Staying socially connected is so important. Like, I'm, you know, um, clients are telling me that they're doing Zoom parties, you know, dinner parties, yeah. 
you know, they'll set up a computer at the end of the table and they've got friends all dialed yeah. in or whatever. The communication is so important. <laughs> Woody, what's going on there, big lion? <laughs> Fuck hell. Thank you, Zoom. Big one for you, one for me. <laughs> one client was telling me they, they'd even had a, like they even had a Zoom wine tasting, oh, cheese, a cheese and wine tasting oh, session. Hell, like, they had a great time. This is the last thing. Got mad. Yeah. Oh, but Mill, I was going to invite you out for a Zoom dinner Ta- date, buddy. Take the shower. I've, I've cooked yeah. something special for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wouldn't trust I'm you. Sure but what you it, connect in whatever way is meaningful. You know, um, it's 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 cool to do the Zoom thing if that's your thing. Big Mill, if it's not your thing, that's okay. That nah, makes awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just seeing you, Dorian. Just a get big camera. Mate, well, you know, I used to enjoy catching <laughs> up with friends on a on a like for for coffee for a brunch after a walk on the weekends. So instead of instead of that, like you know, the missus and the dog and I will go for a walk. We'll come back and we'll do we'll have a takeaway coffee and we'll do a Zoom coffee. Yeah, you know, on a, on yeah, a weekend my morning. Do that coffee in cars. And, and, yeah, yeah, and and people are saying it's look, it's not quite the same, but we're still laughing. We're still having, connected. Yeah, 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 connection, you know, still mate, connection is everything. Absolutely, connection is everything. Um, um, yeah. Which, mate, I want to get your thoughts. I mean, obviously, the big Mel and I um, are avid rugby league supporters. What are your thoughts on sport coming back? Um, we and, need it. And now, now, I think from a mental, um, from a mental aspect, sport in people's lives is huge. For a lot of people, going on the week on the weekend, watching some form of sport yep. is their outlet. Yeah. Not having that at the moment, I think, is ma- is a major issue for a lot of people. I think I think it's 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 taken an important ritual and way of connecting away from a lot of people. Yeah, 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 without a doubt. Um, look, what's your opinion on say rugby league trying to get back to start twenty eighth of May? Look, you you guys might have to help me out here because um, you know, like sport in general and all the rest of it, mate. The sooner that any indications of normalcy come back, the better, mm. as long as the risks are managed. So if I said to you, what, what would you say the current issues at the moment about bringing it back or not bringing it back? What's coming up at the moment in the narrative? Oh, it's more just the fact that if one player gets it, then everyone's Well, they've kind of said, they, yeah, May 28th. They have a lot of principles. They've got, like, top chief health advisors. They've got all these different testing principles and protocols they're going to be doing. Um isolation methods they're going to be basically moving all players to New South Wales if they can what if um, they got all what if they got all the players and they exposed them to it all at once and managed the recovery and then they had nothing to worry about well they catch it again but not immune to it that's the thing I don't think I don't think catch it twice but they're trying to do like a lockdown pretty much so yeah. all players get together to keep playing the footy yeah. now test uh, it before just t- test it after you know training game so I don't know like they yeah, it's a hard one because I think, and, and I, I agree with some people's argument is, well, if rugby league can get back playing, yep. where you got twenty whatever it is guys on one field, yep. why can't a small gym like this open? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like in yeah, reality, yeah. Okay. it almost is the same thing. So would you be talking it's about bringing cr- crowds back or just no, 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 empty no. stadiums and purely the game? empty stadiums? Still, it's more well, just as long as the players are isolated and regularly tested. Yeah. I, I don't see that that's putting the greater community at risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but you're right. It then says, okay, well, let's open up other sports, and and then you get into difficulty around. Well, is is rugby league able to do that because they've got the resources to be able to do regular testing and they've got access to really top tier medical care and that sort of thing? Is it unfair that other um, other codes may not be able to open up? Well, because in the NRL, I've come out and basically said that all community um, sport in terms of rugby league. Yeah. Um, they've almost set a start date of July 18th or something okay. already. Yep. So maybe there is something that they know and we yeah. don't. Look, all, all I would say is from a mental health perspective, anything that gets us back into rituals and routines and a sense of normalcy is healthy and yeah. really to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, also though from a from a mental health and co- like from a community perspective, you'd have to manage the risks. And I, I don't know enough about the risks here. Yeah. Um, but look, if you it's pretty much 30 men all, tackle each other and touch themselves pretty close contact. That's fine. But you, I guess if you isolated the players from the general community, like kept them almost as you know, a group of people that were isolated, then I can't see that there'd be a risk yeah. other than if the individual players were prepared to take the risk. Yeah. Yeah, which I think a majority of them are because yeah. at the end of the day it's their livelihood, you know. They're, they're, that's yeah. their that's their income. Yeah. And you got to think of the people who work for certain clubs as well. 
Yeah, some players yeah, come out and say, I'm not doing it. Well, mate, you know. Well, that's okay. That's their choice. Go retire. Yeah. Darius well, Boyd. You know, and, and that's the important thing is making sure that people aren't stigmatised. <laughs> uh, if Darius retires for the Broncos, they don't care. So, look, I, I would say anything that allows us to get back to a sense of normalcy is really helpful. And it's important. important. But also, it's got to be managed with, with risks. And I don't know from a medical perspective how significant those risks are. Yeah. Um, so, look, I, 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 would, I would say overall to people, you know, in terms of getting through this, Look, yes, just accept that it's hugely unsettling in ways that we may not have felt before. It's really important to educate yourself on um, to educate yourself on how to cope and get resources and just look at the structure of the routines, um, tuning out the you know the news, the social media, staying healthy, keeping the the well-being up, just your basics with good sleep, nutrition, just really looking after yourself. And you've just also the other thing that's important if you can is to create some small tangible projects or goals to do. It, it's not that simple, but if we just have a sense of just having forward momentum and small achievements in any aspect of our lives yeah. within this period of time, that's helpful. 100%. Even if it feels really small and maybe insignificant, just being able to say, I've added to my life in some way or I've made a small achievement or I've done something that I can tangibly point to and say that's new, different and has moved me forward. Um, and look, again, if you're really struggling, which a lot of people are, just reach out. You know, you can call Lifeline on 131114. Are you taking patients still? Yeah, absolutely. All the psychologists are open and taking clients. Yep. Absolutely. Most psychologists, not all of them, are open, open for business. Um, you can definitely request phone sessions or video sessions if you're more comfortable. Or most psychologists that I'm talking to are still able to see clients face to face. You know, as long as they're adhering to just you know letting us know if there's issues around isolation or symptoms or people they've been exposed to. Um, but I think that um, you know there's lots of mental health support out there, and the government's made the flexibility in terms of accessing Medicare and that sort of stuff. You know, more open and flexible for people. Yeah. So I would say just keep reaching out, talk to your GP. You know, go to Black Dog, go to Beyond Blue. Um, you know, get online, ring lifeline. There's lots of lots of stuff out there. Um, even if you type into Google, um, I need counselling or mental health support yeah. or how do I cope with COVID nineteen? Like, there's just so much support out there. Mm. Yeah, but it's just about letting someone know that you need to, to yeah. have a chat. Hundred percent. And it doesn't have to be anything. Like, you could just say, oh, I'm not even sure what's wrong. I just don't feel right. Yeah, or I'm not, yeah of course. I'm feeling unsettled yeah. or yeah. whatever. And look, also people are concerned that you know they can't they can't get privacy to have sessions at home. Whatever. I talk to clients over the phone and they're sitting in their car and it's almost like a privacy capsule. Do you know what I mean? Or we can do video sessions with them sitting in the car or, you know, so like, yeah, there's ways we can always work around the privacy or worries around that, so. Definitely, um, yeah, 100%. Any, any other sort of concerns or anything you want to ask around stuff to do with the coronavirus or, or tips? Nah, um, to be I'm honest, pretty, I'm pretty good with that. Yeah, yep. yeah, I think that's pretty good. I think that's been, hopefully that helps a few people out there anyway. And yeah, yeah. if they need extra help, they um, we can reach out. Reach out and give Big Doz a call. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got the phone. Where can they find you? Uh, well, look, they can just type in Dorian Richards, consultant psychologist. Yep. Um, I've got my Facebook page up, I've got the website up. Awesome. Um, or basic website up, the new one's coming out very shortly. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And basically, you know, if you type into Google Dorian Richards, psychologist, Mate, they'll have 10 different pages to choose from to get in awesome. touch with me. Yeah. We want to get you on more, mate. What's that? We want to get you on more also, Keo, regularly. Really? Yeah, of course. Oh, all right. Now, after last time I, I came on, you guys said you never talked to me again. Mate, what and we fucking waited a year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then we're like, oh, no, he's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I looked and I saw season two podcast. When did they finish up season <laughs> one? I'm yeah, keeping you guessing. Season two, but um, but also to you guys, like you know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, just keep keep posting. You guys working out, working hard. Um, you know, keeping it's all the motivation. Yeah, <laughs> keeping the motivational messages know. going. Because what you're saying is, you know, we're we're doing our thing. There's hope. There's positivity. We're planning for the other side of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah and all of that's really important. And also, mate, seriously, it's just lovely to watch you guys fucking lift heavy. I can't really say that. It's great to watch you guys lift heavy. <laughs> it's it's just heavy. beautiful to watch. Mate, you can say whatever you want. I can what, sorry? Swear. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It's R18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you're just trying to keep a, a little bit of a professional demeanour. Oh, um, yeah, but you guys keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and, um, we are. Yeah, and also you know it's a time for us to be looking out, looking after each other. And I know a lot. A, 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 one of the things I've always have been reviewing and questioning within myself professionally is how can I, like you guys have, how can I give more right now? How can yeah. I do more? How can I reach more people? How can I be more of a support for people that need it? And so it's really, you know, as professionals and people who care about their clients and the community, all of us are actually digging deep and saying, how can we be of help? How can we be of service? How can we serve? Mm. And it's a really important question. I'd I'd say that to anyone listening to this or anyone in the community. You know, we've got to ask ourselves, how can we serve? How can we do more? How How can we help others more? And I think that's been one of the positive outcomes is that I've had a sense of people looking after each other a bit more, just yep. giving a bit more. Yep. Um, and that's actually been a really good thing to see. Good thing awesome. to experience. Yeah. That's all you need, mate. I need that. Yeah. We're, at the end of the day, we missed it together, aren't we? So. More, <laughs> probably more than ever, probably so. realising <laughs> it as much as we ever have yeah. is how much yeah. Yeah, we yeah. need each other. We are into Awesome, might wrap it up there, eh? That's it, sounds right. good, mate. Well, good luck with everything, boys. Thanks, and no. um, yeah, look, I'm happy to come back and um, yeah, have another chat. We'd we'll love to have you. And uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. And to be honest, I'm excited about when the when the, the restrictions start to lift a bit and I'm I'm ready to see you guys soar, mate, just yeah. really flourish with this with this business and what you're yeah. offering. I'm a big believer in what you're doing and I'm excited. I'm looking excited forward. to see it just really rock Looking it. forward to it, mate. Yeah. We're looking forward yeah. to it. 100%. Right. 100%. Big it up, fellas. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Once again, mate. Take Cheers. care. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Boys.